In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Over two decades ago, during the novitiate for my time in the Dominican Order, I went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I went to Israel. And I dedicated the journey to deciding, to discerning really, whether I should continue in the Order. Whether I should commit to being a friar for the rest of my life. Vows in the order are made for life. There is no turning back. There is no retirement. Once you make your life vows, you're in. That's it. And you have to serve until your dying breath. And even then, you get buried in your black and white habit. Today is the second Sunday of Lent. Lent is a 40-day season observed by millions of Christians all around the world. When did it begin? Ash Wednesday. When will it conclude? Easter Sunday. And it's a season when you and I are invited to use the words of the Book of Common Prayer to make time for these things. Check it out. Self-examination, prayer, fasting, and self-denial. And it's also a season for, and this is something we are that we are stressing at St. John's this Lent, reading and meditating on God's holy word. In today's brief Old Testament lesson, we encounter the figure of Abram, who becomes Abraham. And Abraham is the acknowledged father of the three great monotheistic religions. Did you know that? Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all look back to Abraham. And in today's text, God commands Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. It was a journey, it was a pilgrimage that forever changed Abraham and his wife Sarah's lives and set the stage for the transformation of billions of lives in the centuries to come. Psalm Psalm 121, our second Old Testament lesson, is sometimes described as the traveler's prayer. It might be thought of as the pilgrim's prayer, the wayfarer's prayer. The prayer of the person of faith on life's journey. The Lord shall watch out your going out and your coming in for this time forth forevermore. In Romans, which is the first of our New Testament lessons, the Apostle Paul is reflecting theologically about Abraham. Just think about this. This is what he's sort of wrestling with. Was Abraham great because of what he did? Or was Abraham great because of his faith? Now we might say both are important, and the scriptures would agree with us, especially in the New Testament. But the Apostle Paul stresses one of the foundational marks of Christianity. This is a foundational mark of Christianity. Paul stresses this. It depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace. And finally, in today's gospel lesson from our own St. John, Jesus has this famous behind-the-scenes secret conversation with the Pharisee, the rabbi, Nicodemus. Now, like many people today, 
maybe including some of you sitting here in worship this morning, Nicodemus is drawn to Jesus, but is not willing to go public with him yet. So Nicodemus meets Jesus secretly at night to have a spiritual conversation. And in that conversation, Jesus stresses being born of water and the Spirit. And then Jesus goes on to say something. He goes on to say a verse, a passage, which is known by millions of people around the world. Do you know this verse? Do you know this passage? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believe in him may not perish, they may have eternal life. Heard that verse before? Have you noticed that in most of our services, we recite a creed? Notice that? Usually it's the Nicene Creed, but sometimes, especially at baptisms, we observe some form of the Apostles' Creed. The English word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which is translated, I believe. The creeds are statements of Christian faith, Christian doctrine. You say, well, what were they, how did that all happen? Well, the creeds were written in the early centuries of the church as Christians reflected upon and tried to make rational sense, rational sense of the life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus and what it meant to be a community based on those teachings and those events. And did you also know that, according to the prayer book, Lent provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. Now listen to this. This preparation for holy baptism in the early church often extended for three years. During which the candidates for baptism, called catechumens, received instruction in the Christian way of life, in Christian practices, Christian beliefs. And these candidates for baptism, who are almost always children, right? No, who are almost always adults in the early church. All the candidates for baptism are almost always adults who are coming to the Christian faith for the first time. And they receive three years of preparation. And they were not allowed to receive the Eucharist until they were baptized, a practice we retain 2,000 years later. But back then, if you were a catechumen, if you were preparing for baptism, you could be 20, you could be 15, you could be 75. You were not allowed to watch you were not allowed to even be present for when the Eucharist was celebrated. You had to be prepared for that, they thought. So they would leave the service at the end of the Liturgy of the Word, before the Liturgy of the Altar began. A practice we do not retain 2,000 years later. The creeds are statements of faith, rationally ordered, carefully considered, and time-tested. It is simply not true that faith is only about feelings. And it is simply not true that faith is only about abstract, cerebral, reason convictions. In other words, don't just feel your faith, think your faith. Don't just
your faith. And the opposite is true. Don't just think your faith, feel your faith. Don't just think your faith, feel your faith. Christian faith involves the mind, what we think. It involves our hearts, what we feel. It involves our hands and feet, what we do. The creeds have many purposes. But one of them is that they remind us that our faith is not a flimsy thing. Oh, some little idea that people have about a God, and isn't that lovely? It is not a flimsy thing. It is not some nice little idea. It is a faith that people of many ages and stages, highly sophisticated, educated types, and the illiterate, the extraordinary people of history, and the unknown people of history, have trusted in, have committed themselves to him for over 20 centuries. 20 centuries. Wow. And so when you say the words, like we will later today in today's service, we believe, you are saying those words with all of those people, past, present, and future, who have recited those words, who are reciting those words right now, and who will recite the words well into the future, well after we're gone. When we say those words, when you say those words, we believe, you're saying them with all those people, past, present, and future, who tried to live the faith in some way, who are trying to live the faith in some way, and who will live the faith someday in the future. Now what if you show up to church? What if you get to the creed? You say, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical. I got some doubts. I got some issues. How was all this put together? What's the deal? Faith? Hmm, not sure. Well, that's okay. But let the faith of the church, the people around you, but also the faith of 20 centuries of people sustain your faith while it's not active, while it's doubting, while it's trying to figure things out, when you're trying to sort things out for yourself. Let the faith of the community sustain you. That's why it's so important to be an active part of a spiritual family. Because almost every Christian goes through seasons of, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm not sure. I got intellectual things I got to work through. This terrible thing happened to me. Now what? That is a part of life and the journey of faith. So be active in that community of faith so it can sustain you when you're through those seasons of the dark valley. When you profess the Nicene Creed this morning, we believe. Think your faith. But also use your heart and your imagination. Feel your faith. And let the words of the creed be more than just abstract phrases from philosophy from centuries past. Let the words of the creed remind you of the mysteries of life, the mysteries of faith, and the mystery of God. I bet you can guess what happened to me on that pilgrimage to the Holy Land all those many years ago. I said yes to being a Dominican, to giving my life to the service of God and the church and the world until my dying breath. And actually, when I said that, I was sitting quietly on some rocks 
some rocks by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And actually, earlier during that trip, I tried to walk on the water of the Sea of Galilee. I'll tell you what happened later. Some other time, ask me about it. But I did try. Honestly, I did. But as I was sitting there quietly, looking at the Sea of Galilee, and just pondering about my life, and what it meant, and what would I do with it, that's when I said yes to that call. And my little yes, in that little moment, has carried me all around the world, and into countless human lives, and into clearer thinking and deeper feeling. Now, this journey is not just for friars alone. No. This is a journey which all of us, you and me, like Abraham and Sarah, are invited to make. The journey of faith. The journey of the human. So this Lent, continue the journey. Live the liturgy in your daily life. And with those who are gathered here this morning, check this out. Those gathered here this morning who are seen... And those who are here who are unseen, say those ancient words, we believe. And let those words point you toward, guide you into experiencing the great mystery. Amen. And the Father and the